Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez. And joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is the one and only Alex with Kept Fit out of the UK. Alex, what's going on, man? How are you doing? Happy Wednesday. I'm good, mate. Happy Wednesday. I'll take the one and only. I like that bit. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Look, Alex, we're excited to have you on today. And, you know, I think we're about ready to dive into the nitty gritty of what you have going on here with Kept Fit. But yeah. first, let's kind of take a step back, right? We want to give you the floor here and give you an opportunity to go ahead and give the viewers a little perspective. So Alex, in your own words here, how would you describe Kept Fit and what you guys do? So we, we've taken the concept of uh, sports conditioning. So what athletes would need to be doing from a, uh, during their training, during their season, we've broken it down. So you've got sort of main elements of stability, uh, hypertrophy, uh, strength, power, uh, and then maintenance. And then we try and break it down. So it becomes more user-friendly for classes and groups and individuals who aren't necessarily sport-based. So it's trying to give people a uh, sports conditioning version of training um, that they probably wouldn't get. And we target everybody and anybody from kids as young as six uh, to however old people want to come in. And um, just the main priority is just making it fun. So it's as enjoyable as possible. So people love doing it. I love that. I love that. That's a great explanation there, Alex. And so, you know, Kind of going to start with the, the bare bones basics here. I mean, Alex, how many members are you serving currently? So we've got 70. So we've, we've sort of lost quite a few in the last few months. I don't know if you know much about what's going on in the UK at the moment. So uh, with the war in Ukraine and everything like that, we're having a bit of an energy crisis. So it tends to, there was a lot on the news a, a few weeks ago and there was a clear sort of, uh, there was a clear loss of members as it was, quite high in the news then we sort of we lost quite a lot of members in quite a short space of time um and we sort of around about 70 i think at our, at our peak we've been at a about 120 members uh that was pre-covid managed to survive quite well through covid to be honest but um then as we come out of it and again it's different levels while we've been over here of the actual intensity we're at the north of the country and we tended to we were in lockdown for a lot lot longer than the majority of the country um and again, sort of the, the series of events that we had, we sort of entered into lockdown with about 120. For the first sort of lockdown we had, we probably kept the 120, maybe lost a couple. And then we just kept getting lockdown after lockdown after lockdown. We were out, we were, everyone was allowed out and something happened, everyone was allowed out. And that just, again, just chiseled away at the member base. So at the minute, we're on 70. Uh, it's our birthday tomorrow. So we're having a big push to try and bring some more in, hopefully. Awesome. By the end of the year, probably pick up a few more. So yeah, yeah. Mind, 70 members and yeah, we'll try and pick it up from here. Yeah. Heck yeah. I love that. I love that. And I love the tenacity, right? You never, you never stop, right? You get to keep going. And uh, I know we spoke to a lot of people from the UK as well. And I, I think, again, I always say the same thing here and it's like, you know, it, it doesn't get better than the fact that at least the fact that you guys are open here, right? The fact that we're even speaking is great in itself, you know? So uh, I appreciate the transparency though there. Uh, Alex, definitely important for the viewers here because I think a lot of the viewers don't understand what's going on and don't understand how much of an impact it can place on your business. So thank you for that, Alex. Um, now, kind of curious here though, you know, I, I know you're not at, at the mark where where you want to be here, but 
what does work well to get new people through the door, right? What does get the interest going for you guys? So where we're situated sort of off the beaten, off the beaten track, so we're not sort of massively away from everybody, but we're on a private industrial estate. So it's a really nice industrial estate. It's lots of old mill buildings. Uh, we've got a big warehouse unit uh, and it's just tucked out the way. So we've got a couple of signs on the main road, but it's really difficult for us to get people to see. So it's quite a, quite a, fast road there's not many sort of there's not much foot traffic a little bit of dog walkers and we've got our dog outside at the minute um but it's the the, the easiest the best thing for us is having little signs on the road so we had little um little road signs and i put little jokes on little bits and little phrases or something that was just funny as people were driving past um and that got people to just walk through the door so just having a little sign of like a little not not joke or anything like that um that people can sort of fill in the answers themselves um it brought people through the door and then on top of that then it's word of mouth is where the best so i think we started with just basically telling everybody and anybody and getting friends to do the same um and that works that works really well because you get a lot of trust from that um, and then the main thing, like anything, is just social media, just sort of trying to look at little adverts on social media, putting um, little posts on about what we do that's different. Um, and yeah, just that's, that's the main thing. Like I said, the, the best thing that's worked really well for us is the road signs because people were really curious and actually came up. Um, yeah. But from a legal point of view, we didn't realize we weren't supposed to be doing that. So we had to stop that. <laughs> So now it's sort of trying to find, so we've got with the area that we're in, we have a really good relationship with our clients and our members. So it's trying to use some of those and maybe some wall space that they've got in more populated areas and see if we can put banners and pictures and posters and all that sort of stuff up um, so they can see that. Um, but yeah, the, the main reliance of what we're going to do at the moment is just, um, we have little magazines that go around and we're going to be trying that as of tomorrow. So we're going to see how that works. And then, yeah, just again, just put a similar amount into social media and see what we can do with that point of view. Um, yeah. Purchased adverts and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I want to say, I want to compliment the versatility here, right? I think a lot of folks will see that, you know, either word of mouth or social media is doing really well for them and only do that one thing, right? And only focus on that one avenue to get people through the door. But when you have the versatility, I think it brings a lot more opportunity and um, I mean, I guess obviously optimizing and seeing which one you're going to dive into a little deeper as time goes on is definitely another thing to consider as well. Right. I mean, that, at that point, you know, everything's a test until proven successful. So I think um, it's great that you're trying everything, right. I think that's a great compliment there. So, um, <laughs> and uh, now I know, I know you said you're at 70 members here, uh, Alex, but now let's say, I mean, let's say leads traffic, everybody was like, I mean, no, we're not everybody. Let's say clients, right. We're hypothetically unlimited here. Um, I mean, how much higher can you go? Like what's, what's, what's the capacity would look like? We, we could probably get, um, we could probably get sort of safely about 15 people per session. We have four sessions, three to four sessions every evening, uh, three sessions every morning. Um, so there's, there's enough space to fit them in safely. It's, it's one of those things of, it's never going to, we're never going to get everybody in at the same time. Um, but like I said, we can, we can hit probably sort of, what's that? 15, 30, 60 people probably in an evening. Um, similar in the morning. Um, what we've got again with the relationship we have with clients is they tend to be the same people. 
So it's yeah. really, it's a really nice environment because they're all friends and they get to be buddies and meet each other and chat. And it's, it's just really nice. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's for us, it'd be trying to get more, uh, sort of newbies, I suppose you would say, trying to come in and just try it and see what we do. Yeah, um, true community. Yeah. Yeah. I love that, Alex. And that, and I think that's a great point, right? It's, I mean, I think it's always about getting the new people, right? It's, that's a really what I think every gym is looking to do. And so, um, not, not metrics, not met, I'm sorry, not metrics here essentially, but tracking wise, I mean, how do you do it, right? How do you track how long someone's been with you, you know, where they came from, if they're looking to cancel all those, all those things that are, are vital to the gym success. How do you track that? So the, we, we just ask. So as people walk in, we find out where they've seen us from, whether it's been Facebook or Instagram or friends have told them and stuff like that. And we just make a little note of that, find out what's working. Um, like I said, that's why it's predominantly word of mouth or the, the road signs that we've seen. Um, from a uh, tracking point of view, we, obviously the membership software that we use, helps us do that uh just highlighting where they're at whether they're being what they where they're up where they're up to will um have we seen them for a long time it's difficult because it's we have a few guys that work here and uh, myself and my business partner uh manage it but it's really only i'm here all like almost all the time so the majority of what we can do when we track is is me seeing them coming in or out um i know if i'm not seeing them for a while i know if they've sort of missed sessions or hitting it hard. And again, it's just having that conversation with them about um, why we're not seeing them and what we're doing. Um, the guys that we have coming in are literally just doing the sessions that they've got and they don't really have a great amount of time to do anything else. It's all, they also have separate jobs elsewhere. Um, so we just bring them into coach sessions and it's up to me to then track and find out who's we've not seen for a while and get in contact with them and offer them different deals or different things about personal training or just just having a chat with them really and just finding yeah. out where we can bring them back in. I love that. I think that's so important. I think I, I also just want to compliment the fact that you are at the forefront, right? You are doing the nitty gritty stuff that a lot of gym owners lose sight of. I think that's important. I think that's important. I think that's, I think that's a, a great factor as to, to why the community is as strong as it is, right? Because they know that you know them on a first name basis and they can see your face and you and you're there you're present so i think that's great alex and i got i got to ask a little bit of a longer winded question here but my one of my favorite questions here and um it's 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 kind of going to flip the script here and get off the topic of 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 clients here and more on to you um so just curious to see your response here you know in the fitness and gym industry and what we've been discussing this entire podcast have been the three pillars of business we use most predominantly right and so it's going to be your lead generation, which is your marketing, getting people through the door, your acquisition, which is your sales, right? Which is getting somebody from interested to a paying client and then your retention and ascension, excuse me, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. So Alex, of those three, where do you feel like you could improve the most? The the one thing we we hardly do at all is the the sort of second spend. So the, uh, (laughs) the bit where once they're here of actually getting them to spend more money and we don't have a great deal of space. So even just something as simple as vending machines or sort of we're looking into just getting a fridge to have sort of milkshakes in and stuff like that. Um, but the, 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 it's, it's again, it's me. So it's me managing that 
finding time away from the coaching, away from the planning to then go and purchase these things and do that thing. We're um, when we sort of sold t-shirts and hoodies and stuff like that, we've had to take sort of pre-orders. So rather than just buy a bulk load of stuff that we then left with, we sort of tend to, to take bulk orders. That's never given us, brought us much money in because of the sort of quality of the t-shirts that we've gone. We've always gone for sort of higher quality of stuff, thinking more about our members uh, than us. So we've given them really nice stuff, but then our sort of profit margins are very, very small. So we're looking at, currently looking at just, Again, trying to bring out different bits of kits that we could sell in sort of good quality kit, but then um, gives us a bit of a better margin. Um, and that's quite enjoyable because it's sort of quite like designing T-shirts and all this sort of stuff. So it's quite nice. It takes you away from the sort of, I suppose, the nitty gritty bit. It's a bit more artistic and quite nice. <laughs> but, but yeah, that's, it's, it's that second spend that we're trying to concentrate on. And again, uh, with this sort of... Um, energy crisis that we're having to sort of put a bit more time into trying to be a bit more creative. That's something we're looking at. So again, looking at trying to convert some of our change rooms possibly into treatment rooms. So it, it can have people coming in there. So they brought us a little bit of income in and um, more t-shirts, more consumables, more products that we can try and sell. Um, just to try and bring us that little bit more in. Cause again, sort of pennies make pounds and, Pounds look after themselves kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I love it. I love it. I love the transparency. Again, I think that's major. I think, again, when you can kind of give that real perspective to the viewers here about like the things that you have tried, right? The trials, the errors, whatever it may work and what did not work. For example, here, like with the shirts, you know, obviously we'll put the client's care first, but you know, we need money to survive here, right? We need money to stay open. And so I think that's such a great point there, Alex. And I have two more questions for you. My two favorite questions. You know, Alex, what's the bigger picture for you long-term? What are you trying to accomplish for the gym? So we want to, I think before lockdown, we were looking at a second gym. And I think that needs to go back onto the, the priority list. But again, it's trying to, we need to build this place back up first. Um, and away from all the squirrels that she's chasing outside. You can hear a dog. Um, but yeah, trying, trying to look at a, a second place, uh, seeing what we can do from there. Um, and that's, that's it, I suppose, really. Just again, just if we were to do that, it's then making sure that someone is almost buying into it, which is another me, if that makes sense. Someone who's, uh, when, you were, when you were talking about sales a second ago, you, I, used to, I used to worry when I was a, a personal trainer, I used to, used to work for um, uh, another company and it, they would always talk about sales and stuff like that. I was always uncomfortable doing it. But then... As soon as I've created a gym around the stuff that I love and what I do, it becomes you're not selling it to people because you're just talking to people about what you love. And that then, if you are enjoying it, you're not selling it. So you're just basically talking to them as much as you can. Um, and your enthusiasm sells it to them. Um, and I, I forgot what the question was. What did you ask me? <laughs> yeah, what's the bigger picture long-term? What are you oh, trying okay. to become? That's it. So that's, so that's it. It's having that second person that he's as, um, as sort of, I don't know what the word is, sort of as in, intent about making the members enjoy it, making sure it's enjoyable, having the same sort of ethos around training. Uh, have they been to us before? Do they know what we're about? Are they in the same vibe? So it's, 
because I can, I'm not going to be able to split myself into two places. We can find a manager for here, um, but it's then having the financial income to, to back them up. Um, so that, I'd love to have that done, maybe get either, even increase the size of this place or um, have somewhere else where someone is, I'm, I'm confident that someone's just going to basically do what we make us proud kind of thing, do what we want them to do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's great. That's great. I love the aspirations here. I think, I think uh, you, you have this, this, this genuine personality that I think a lot of other gym owners don't have. And I just want to say that I want to shout that out. Cause I think if it's authentic, right. You're not, you're, you could have said anything here and, and, and mentioned, you know, profit margins, this, that, but I think the fact that, you know, your aspirations are where they are. It's, it really goes through the type of person you are, the type of gym owner that you are, you know? So I really appreciate that here, Alex. And, and I got one last question here. Favorite question. Curious to see your answer here, though. Really curious because you've given some good answers so far. So I think this, one might, this is like the entertaining question, if you will. So, you know, Alex, if you could go back in time here to when you first started your gym, sit yourself down with the knowledge you have now and give yourself that one piece of advice you think you really needed to hear when you first started your gym, what would that advice be for you? I was thinking about this because I was listening to some of your podcasts before and that was one of the questions you asked somebody else. And it was, there was probably, there's probably two bits. One will be to try and have a, a manager in here that is, is working alongside me. So we work, we work in schools and we work uh, and we coach and we teach PE and we, and we develop sports. And we brought a coach in to help us with that. And he's taken on that, that part of the role. And that's just felt like a massive weight's been lifted. So that is something that I want from here. But again, it's the, having that financial backing to be able to do it. So it's, it's difficult. But if we, I think if we'd done that at the beginning, we wouldn't view it as now an, an extra spend. It would be a constant. So I think if we brought someone in um, right from the beginning and had them sort of managing little bits, that would help us probably now. So seven years down the line, it would probably be a lot easier for me and I'd, I'd probably be able to share the burden and, and spread the load kind of thing. Um, what I would say as well, because one of the reasons we couldn't do that is we basically started from scratch, just opened day dot. Having done no, we, we did a little bit of prep and a little bit of advertising beforehand, but I know only from like the times now, it's, it's realizing that people start and open gyms with already a, a paying member base. So that again was probably a mistake from our point of view and me just going in as a complete novice really. Um, the last seven years, you, you learn a lot and you're just constantly progressing and constantly developing yourself. But then you learn, actually, I'd have done it this way. I'd have probably done that this way. I think my business partners learned to trust me a lot more and, and know that I know what I'm talking about. Um, and it's, it, we would have probably started with a few more members because it was very lonely at the beginning. There'd be times where I'd be opening up early doors and there'd just be nobody. There'd be, I might see one person during the day. And it just, it's, it's hard times. It's sort of it's sort of quite psychologically damaging as well. So you sort of, you've got all this stress about what you're trying to do. And it's quite, um, sorry. It's fine. There was a lot of really dark times because I mean, like, Right, so I started off, my, my son was four, my daughter had just been born, and I decided to do this. So I missed a lot of their growing up. 
And there will be times where I'd just be sat here on my own, wondering if I'd done the right thing. Um, I was missing them. I wasn't talking to anybody. I'd see one or two different people. Like I said, things and decisions that I was making were getting questioned. Um, because again, there was just a lack of experience everywhere from me not having done this before, my business partner buying into something that she'd not really done before. Um, we were building up trust between ourselves. She was, a, she was a client, but there was always me being sort of training her and then it was all of a sudden we were equal. Um, and she runs a very, very successful business herself. So then to have me, there was just that sort of conflict right at the beginning. Um, and it was all because it was just, it was just, we just hadn't planned that beginning. So I think it was a case of we, if we were to do it again, if we were to open a second place and we get to that opportunity, fingers crossed, we'd build up a base first, we'd build up the interest. So we know we sort of, we start it off and we, we run in right from the outset. So we got people coming into the classes and we'd have people uh, knowing what we're about before we even started. We'd probably bring members from this place to come and sort of fill some of the numbers from the other, in another gym. And, and it just, it breeds itself then. That's, that was the big worry. And that was the, that was, the, I'd probably say that would be the main thing of actually, you know what you're going to do, but just get the ball rolling first, get people signed up, get interest, get people buying memberships before you even open. And it, I think at the time it's sort of, that would think, well, why are people going to pay money to, there's no entity there, there's nothing there. But actually that if they know what you're about and if they've seen you elsewhere or even just doing that, it just, it, it starts it off and already you've, you've got stuff to do. You're not sat there thinking, oh, balls, it's not really, I'm going to struggle here. Um, and yeah, you just, that, that was it. There was a lot of worry, a lot of loneliness. And yeah, a lot of sort of very dark times. But it's all right now. We're all right. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Alex, it's a good place to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out, Alex, I mean, please, Shout out your Instagram, Facebook, website, anything you may have. Where can people find out more about you and the gym? So the Facebook page is Kept Fit. The Instagram page, which is where we put everything on, is uh, kepfit.uk. Uh, and that will give you a, a great emphasis of the stuff we do. We're on Twitter as well as Kept Fit, but the main thing we try and concentrate on is our, is our Instagram because it's great. We concentrate a lot of, uh, we do so much stuff with children, it's unbelievable. We help with PE and physical education uh, around us. Uh, we offer uh, continu uh, continual professional development stuff for teachers and uh, coaches. And we, we have all the usual uh, sessions that we talked about, about the, the strength and periodization element of things that you, you can get a different idea of what people are doing. But again, the coaching side of things from a kids and uh, we run numerous groups for them, just lots of different populations. So the, latest sort of posts would be put on a, um, uh, a groups of sport-based, uh, sport it's a group of sporting people that all suffer with learning difficulties. Um, and it's just different act activities and exercises that we do with them. And like I said, kids as young as, well, young as five and progressing up from that. So you see loads of different things and lots of encouragement and, and sort of variety of ideas of different things as well. There we go. There we go. We absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast, Alex. And I look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. If you don't mind sticking around for two more seconds here, Alex, just want to let you know how you can get the podcast and then uh, going to sign everybody else out over here. Okay. Sure. Awesome. And to everybody else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. 
don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit that like and subscribe button. And if you want to come and join us to talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Robert from Weights and Plates Strength and Nutrition Center out in Phoenix, Arizona. Welcome to the show. How are you today, Robert? I'm well. How are you? I'm good. Excited to have you here. Thanks for taking some time out of your day to sit down and have this conversation, give back to the fitness industry a little bit. Um, before we really dive into the, to the business side of things, give us a brief backstory here. What was it that made you decide to open this up? Oh, this goes way back. Uh, you know, I'd started college, thought I was going to be a pharmacist and, uh, got into weightlifting on my own. I used to be a high school swimmer, so I had some athletic background and just ended up spending more time reading about diet and fitness and lifting and those types of things that, you know, I kind of took an interest in it. Long story short, I got formally educated in uh, nutrition and dietetics, got, I'm a registered dietitian and did a master's in uh, kinesiology and uh, I'm finishing up a PhD in nursing and health innovation. So I got all the formal training, but then I also delved into the hands-on stuff. So, you know, I'm CSCS, I've worked in various gyms. My first job was at Lifetime Fitness. And uh, then I met um, a gentleman that some of your listeners may be familiar with, uh, Mark Ripito, back in 2013. I found his videos online, learned the starting strength method after injuring myself, doing it on my own. I hired a coach and then learned that, you know, barbell lifts are very specific and they're very similar to any other sport, swinging a baseball bat, throwing a, um, throwing a baseball, uh, swinging a golf club. And I hired a starting strength coach in Los Angeles back when I was living there. And, uh, he taught me how to do the lifts and then I learned how to do them, learned how to coach them, started getting as many people under the bar as I could. Because up until that point, um, I was very much convinced that most of the progress I was making in the weight room was coming from the barbell lifts. I wasn't really seeing a whole lot happening with the other things. There's various reasons for that that I've uncovered later, but I would go in and I, you know, my legs would get bigger and stronger from squatting. My, um, my pecs would get stronger from benching. My arms and back would get stronger from pull-ups. So I knew that something was there. I just didn't understand how technical it was. And uh, I knew I wanted to provide strength and nutrition services to clients. I wanted to help with the diet side, which is why I got the nutrition degree and became a registered dietitian, worked in clinical, got that experience. And also why I spent so many, so much time teaching these barbell lifts because I was already sold on them working. And once I learned how specific the movements were and how to teach those, you know, I kind of bridged that together and started uh, coaching online and then coaching at various gyms in the area and then opened up my gym in 2019. And it just kind of went from there. 
Okay, cool. Well, what a backstory there. You know, health and fitness is something that has been a part of your life now for a while. Um, and now you're able to help others kind of find that same path um, through your facility. So give us the elevator pitch of weights and plates, uh, strength and nutrition center now as things currently stand. Um, right now, um, Wow. Way to put me on a spot. Um, <laughs> elevator pitch. So I got to be quick. Um, basically weights and plates gym or strength and nutrition center, um, is a place that you go to, to learn how to move correctly, learn how to eat correctly. And, uh, just to feel better, look good, feel good, um, perform good. Right. So I think, uh, on the billboard or the decal we have on our wall, it's a strength, nutrition and health. Right. So we try to bridge the three together. You're going to lift a certain way that keeps you safe that allows you to go heavy enough to make it hard. And you're going to learn how to eat to facilitate that while also optimizing your body composition. So you don't slide in the wrong ways there. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, this is a, you have the fitness element, but you also have the nutrition element here. Mm -hmm. Um, they kind of go hand in hand. And I love that you include both because I think, um, for many people in the industry that they, they they first come into this industry, they want to be successful and, you know, they're hitting the gym, they're coming in, they're making it to their sessions, but then they go home and they have no idea how to eat and they're not seeing the results that they want in the gym. So it's great that you have things hand in hand. Your clients are going to see results. And when our clients are actually seeing real results, they stick around a lot longer mm -hmm. um, and the business kind of goes full circle there. So good to hear that that's kind of um, something that you include. Um, so what kind of modality is it? Is it group? Is it one-on-one? -on -one? Does it is a little bit of both? What options do you have available? So it's a little bit of both. So every okay. member that signs up has to go through what I call an intro to barbell session. And they will come in and they will learn the squat, the press, the bench press, and the deadlift in one 90 to 120 minute session. You know, if somebody's very proficient, they might get done quick and I might teach them how to clean afterwards. That doesn't happen too often, but, um, it does on occasion. So everybody has to be introduced to these lifts using these specific methods. And uh, if I feel confident enough that they could build upon that on their own, you know, I'll encourage them to train whenever they want. Um, the group piece uh, comes in next. So they pay for a one month member or they pay for month to month membership. And that membership includes supervised training hours, um, typically in the evenings. Um, so if they come during those supervised training hours, you know, they will get coaching from myself or one of my interns, apprentices, and uh, basically have eyes on their lifts every time they work out. Um, but there's also, you know, times that I'm not there that they are free to roam in and out with their key fob because it's 24-7. And that's that's fine, too, depending on where your skill level's at. If the skill level's not there, I don't really want people working out unsupervised. <laughs> Yeah, no, um, of course that make that that makes sense. I like how you do the group model, right? Um, mm -hmm. where it's not specifically like a class, but you have hours mm -hmm. um that are supervised. People come in and at that point mm -hmm. they could still work out with somebody next to them. Um, but the coach is there to kind of guide and give um the help that the client might need. Um, so right now, as things currently stand, how many members do you guys have in the facility? We're at about 30 members at a time. We're pretty small. We have seven stations, seven racks. Um, we could probably stand to, you know, grow, go up to 50 possibly, but I wouldn't want to go more than that in the current size of the facility. Okay. So you sound like you're pretty comfortable at 30, just the tone of your voice there. Like you feel pretty good there. 
Um, is that accurate or ideally would you like to increase closer to that 50? I'd, I'd like to get it a little bit higher. Um, I'm comfortable right now because I'm juggling several things. I have a website. I sell online services as well. And I'm at the tail end of finishing a PhD, knock on wood. So next year, I would like to start changing some things to push those numbers up. But I I don't want it to get so busy that people have to wait for things and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I've kind of lo I've looked at this over the years, and I think 50 is probably the sweet spot for a gym of this size. And uh, with the services we're offering um, beyond that, I think it might run into crowd control issues. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you only have seven stations, so mm -hmm. that makes sense. Um, so what are some of the things that you've done to find clients over the past, you know, several years that you've been in business? Well, the first part was, you know, somewhat easy. So I had been writing articles on the starting strength website. I was moderating their nutrition board before I even opened the gym. So I had developed this online presence within this little niche in the fitness industry. Um, once I opened the gym, the gym was added to my coaching directory. So I already had a coach. There's a coach's directory on the starting strength website with my name on it. And they had my bio. I was already on that. Once the gym opened, I got added to the gym directory, and that was also added to my coach profile. So that website's done a good job of funneling people in there yeah. for me without me having to spend additional money on, you know, more elaborate marketing. Um, the uh, neighborhood that I'm in, I'm in a business park full of warehouses, and we're starting to get a lot of people from the area that work there that just want to come in because they can just walk across the street from work. There's literally no residential or commercial stuff there. It's all warehouses and you know, people working. So had one guy, HVAC guy came in and then his friend came in and now his boss wants to come in. And this other guy at another business down the street wants to come in. So I'm kind of situated in a place where, you know, for I'm, I'm kind of hidden in some ways, but then in other ways, I'm in a prime spot because there's a lot of working professionals around me that could just walk in and out. So just knocking on doors nearby and just telling them we're there. They're like, oh, there's a gym right there. I can just go right after work, you know? So yeah. You know, we're, we're kind of trying to, that's where I'm trying to look to expand just to get those easy clients that are nearby and that are interested in doing something like that. But the web-based presence um, within the community I was already a part of um, was very helpful, um, especially early on. I mean, we think we got in the green within six months of opening. That's good. Um, having a web presence is huge in this industry, especially more so even since 2020. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of businesses starting out, like that's a great place to look because, um, you know, the internet is never ending space of people that, you know, have goals. And if we can target them and get them in the front door, it's easy for us and for our business. Um, so, you know, it's, it's interesting to hear that's kind of how you started things out. Um, and you also mentioned something here and I wanted to touch on it. You mentioned that you also do some online services. What is mm -hmm. that like? So I sell online diet and, uh, online diet and strength coaching. So I do so on my website directly. I've been doing that for eight years. So I started doing that 2014, 2015. And, uh, then I also subcontract for Renaissance Periodization, which is another big website on the internet that sells a lot of diet coaching and, uh, strength coaching and, physique and they have ebooks. Have you heard of them? Yeah. Yeah. They're pretty big. So I, I'm one of their uh, sports nutrition consultants. So they, I get business from them as well. So I also write articles for them. I did one video for them 
and I have content on their website. So that also helps because sometimes I get clients that have hired me online that happen to live in Phoenix. And then they're like, oh, could I just come to your gym? And they come and work out and then I'm working with them online. So that's one way that I get web presence. And the other way is uh, I just write a lot of articles for starting strength. And uh, the format of my online services is such that, you know, if you're doing diet coaching by itself, uh, you get a individualized meal plan with, uh, you know, guidelines and recommendations. I give sample menus and all sorts of nutrition education like that to kind of paint a picture of what it looks like since I'm not, it's not, you know, like a squat, you're watching the squat, you're like, okay, you got to get your knees up, bend over, sit back, et cetera, but you're not watching somebody eat or prepare their food. So you have to provide a lot more content, a lot more visual examples. So they get that. And then just a regular check-in process, which is what a lot of people pay for with nutrition accountability is huge. And they feel I've been told this by many clients over the last 20 years that just having to report to somebody alone allows them to do better. Even some that are really, really good. And I don't really have to say much to them. They just like reporting to me because it keeps them on track. So that's how the diet coaching is set up. The strength coaching piece, I require videos for. So I use this platform called True Coach. You may or may not be familiar with it. Um, and I send them a program on there. So every, so let's say they go Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, they get a workout. Then they have to upload their video, enter in what they completed in terms of sets, reps, et cetera. And I respond within 24 hours. So I'll look at their video and say, okay, this is what you got to fix on your squat. This is what you got to fix on your press, et cetera. And if they're combo clients, they're doing both diet and nutrition. I'll do both on there. So they'll get their meal plan uploaded on there. They'll get their macronutrients uploaded on there. And then they'll get diet check-ins every week on there. The reason I don't use that platform for all diet clients is because it's billed by the client and I really need it primarily for the videos. So just depends what they're doing, but yeah, it's just, there's an accountability piece. They're constantly getting reminders that they have to work out. They're constantly getting reminders. They have to check in about their diet. Then they're getting feedback from me, which is the big one. And when they kind of hit walls that they would otherwise give up on or, you know, blame something else, I kind of say, no, no, this is what's going on. This is what you got to do. Like, Oh, okay. You know, the opportunity and growth, uh, the potential for growth on the, on in the online space right now is truly endless. I mean, Mm -hmm. Um, if we market ourselves correctly, like we can find new clients endlessly online. Um, how do you see your online um, business evolving over time? Like, are you eventually going to have people that are kind of working under you doing some of the online training side of things? Um, or are you kind of going to keep it supplementary to what you have going on in your physical location? The online has always been the primary for me. Um, but, but I'm anti doing it 100% of the time, because if you're not coaching live bodies, you can't really call yourself a coach. In my opinion, you have to see people in real time. You have to fix problems and work through them. And, uh, when I got to a good spot in 2019, um, I was working online and I'm like, all right, it's time. You know, I'm sick of bouncing around these different gyms to train people. Uh, I need to get a facility because I'll probably get more clients that way if I have an actual facility and uh, I'll build a community that way as well. And I'll keep my coaching skills fresh and more refined, which is what has effectively happened. But um, the online has really helped out a lot. Um, it's, it's invaluable. You know, the margins are better on it. You interact with more people across the entire globe, you know, not just in your little community. And uh, honestly, just you, you learn more because you work through more problems since you can deal with more people. Yep. Yeah. yeah. 
it's cool that you see this as like the opposite way. Like a lot of people have started the online as something to supplement what they're doing in person. But for you, this is the online is like your bread and butter from the mm-hmm. sounds of it. And then the yeah. in-person is kind of like what you're doing to supplement that online. So I'm glad we could kind of touch on that on the online side of things. Where is is where you're finding your clients for the online space any different than what you're doing to find your in-person clients? I would say not right now. No, because mm-hmm. most, of, most people find me, they find me in the starting strength website or they're an RP client that wants some in-person coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've noticed this year and it's my third year. Maybe that has something to do with it. People have been kind of trickling in that found me. On, one guy found me on Google. The other guy found me is working down the street. So um, I think just being there long enough and, you know, Phoenix has been growing. I'm starting to get a little bit more in person, but uh, yeah, no, I'd say it's pretty similar right now. Okay, cool. Um, so I think my, you know, yeah, I think in short, I think my online presence has carried over into the in person. Yeah, yeah. Um, kind of uh, go hand in hand at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's just as much value in us talking about the stuff that has worked really well for us as there is us talking about the challenges, the bottlenecks. So I want to ask you, you know, Robert, what would you say is like your biggest business related bottleneck right now? And what are you doing to kind of overcome that? <laughs> my my biggest business related bottleneck is I'm juggling too much. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and, you know, I've, I tell everybody that, you know, at some point you got to narrow your focus. And that's what I've been working on doing the last couple of years. Um, when I first moved out here, I started this PhD um, because I noticed, at least in the online sphere, that the credentials were getting higher and there were more and more people in the business with terminal degrees that uh, understood the um, professional research aspect of this. You know, and in most cases, they're reviewing stuff and kind of explaining what the science states. And at the time, I was okay at it. I, you know, I was interested in it when I did my master's, so I was okay at it, but. I kind of looked at the the landscape of the market and I'm like, these credentials are getting higher. You know, they don't just, they're not just personal trainers anymore. They're not just personal trainers with a bachelor's degree. I have an RD that was helpful, but I was starting to see a lot more MD, PhD, DO, DPT, et cetera. Right. And I just saw the trend kind of shifting towards, you know, lots of data, lots of graphical figures from research articles and all these things. And, you know, that's great. And, you know, I think that's good because um, it's legitimizing a lot of this information versus, Hey man, take these liver pills. Cause this bro took them over here, you know, like stuff from the thinking, thinking of stuff from way back early nineties, late eighties. Um, so, you know, I always thought that was good because there was just a lot of um, strange things out there that just weren't really supported, but that's not to say that the uh, professional research is perfect either, because one of the things about going through a rigorous uh you know, PhD program, research focused academic program is you learn the limitations of it, right? So I think having gone through that is very useful because there's just so much information on diet and exercise. You get so many questions about it and and everybody wants to cite, well, this 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 study showed that, you know, this random tea is great for you and this and that. And I don't want to sit there and say, well, okay, I know it's bullshit, but I don't know what, can I swear in here? <laughs> Sorry. No, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you know, well, I know it's bullshit, but I don't know why, you know, and I don't want to be in that situation. So I've, I've learned how to take apart a lot of these scientific research articles and say, okay, well, you know, I tell people all the time, it's in my own podcast and a lot of my articles, you know, when it comes to diet, for instance, you know, a lot of these studies are nonsense because 
they're not actually measuring what people are eating. They're measuring what people say they are eating. Then they're concluding that whatever they tested might work for X, Y, or Z outcome, right? So these are things that I have learned going through that. So do I need a PhD to show somebody how to squat? Probably not, but I think having gone through that and worked on the back end of that, designing research studies, carrying them out and understanding what problems you have to troubleshoot as a researcher has taught me to effectively be able to answer a lot of these questions that come up. So to kind of go back to your original question, why is that a bottleneck? Well, getting a PhD is a lot of work and it's very yeah. demanding. And when you're running two businesses on top of it, something has to take a back seat. In my case, the in-person business hours are limited because I just don't have the time to be there as much as I'd like to, which is why I said in the beginning, I'm like next year, I want to do a lot of different things. And I have a lot of ideas to push those numbers up. And I know there's just, there's a lot of room to grow there, but um my biggest bottleneck bottleneck has been my own schedule and the things that I'm juggling with it. But, uh, I, I recognize that I've recognized that for a couple of years now and, uh, you know, just lightening up that load and kind of narrowing my focus to, okay, gym, website content. That's what I want to do. And it all kind of builds upon each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, time is one thing in life that we can never buy back. Um, no. you're a busy guy. And so, obviously getting this degree is like super important to you right now. So mm -hmm. you're focused on that. And I think like, once you have that, you'll build a kind of shift focus. And I think you've been able to do that so far is kind of shift the focus where it needs to be in that moment and mm -hmm. understand that like the payoff will be there in the end. Mm -hmm. um, have you considered the idea of like having somebody help you with the in-person side of things? Who's like, they're growing that while you grow your online thing and get your uh you said doctorate right yes that's right yeah absolutely and i have a couple guys that have been helping me and I've got a couple dietitians that uh you know i send some business to that they've been helping me as well i haven't really structured anything yet because i understand that you know you have to supervise and spend time with these people at least in the beginning to get that system running. So that's also on the list. You know, I have ideas for different people that I want to allocate different things to. I, and then sometimes I get lucky and I get these volunteers that say, I want to intern. So I had a guy wanted to intern. He was doing his dietetic internship. This was before the clinical part where for those of you who don't know, that's where it gets really hard and demanding. So, you know, he was doing his community and food service stuff. So things were a little bit more chill and he made me a bunch of diet meal plans. I'm like, sweet. You know, I'm like, finally, I got somebody who can make my stuff look pretty, you know? And then I had another intern that came in in May and she wanted to um, do a part of her actual formal internship at my gym. So she spent a month there and she did some content, you know, and I trained her, taught her how to assess clients, whatnot. So I have several jobs that, you know, she agreed to take on and, uh, you know, I send her some work here and there. But again, this is all, these are all things I want to formalize next year for sure. Yeah. Exciting, like when you can kind of shift and have a little bit more time to focus on that, just to see like what the potential is um, to be able to grow. You have a great online program right now and a pretty good in-person program, but what can we do to take it from good to great and then great to phenomenal? Mm -hmm. um, and you've been able to do that with the online side of things, it sounds like. So I'm excited to see how that's going to grow for you. Um kind of next question that I have for you here. And I like to ask this because I think that it's fun to dream a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. If I were to hand you a magic wand and all your dreams, all your goals, anything that you've ever imagined for your business, for yourself had come true, what would that look like for you? I'd like to have my book finished. <laughs> I want to write a book and, you know, I like writing. That's if I had to rank the things I like about what I do in this business, that will probably be on the top, but it's the thing I have the least amount of time for. 
Um, especially when, uh, especially when you're writing a PhD, it's scientific writing. It's very different than, you know, more casual writing. So I'd like to have my book done. Um, I'd like to have, you know, bigger coaching business, more numbers there online, more numbers in the gym. I like the gym running itself. And I'd like to get some of these guys busy because I have guys that come to me all the time and they want to coach. And, you know, some of them, it's probably just not going to happen for various reasons, but then I get some, I got a couple right now that are pretty motivated, would be very good at it, you know, with training and practice. So I'd like to be at a place where I have a one or two coaches running that gym. And then I have a second location um, in a nicer area. You know, it's not so much of a warehouse type gym, you know, it's a different business model. Like um, I would like to have something in like a strip mall with, you know, a little bit more options, a little bit more amenities, you know, nothing crazy. You know, I don't want a big globo gym and I don't want to close the one I'm at now because it's kind of a nice tight knit community. You know, it's a small gym. Everybody hangs out. We all talk. We spend Friday nights together, you know, before we go home. And uh, I want to keep that, but I'd like to have a second one as well. So second gym, uh, bigger web presence, more content and a full length book. That's, that's where I see it, it all going. Okay. So what do you have to focus on right now to make that not a dream, but something that, that happens for you? Oh, I got to graduate first, (laughs) but but, you know, I've I've been writing little small articles that, you know, will all get pulled into that, into the book in terms of the training. uh, I have been working with these guys are getting some supervised um, mentorship for sure. And same thing with my online uh, nutrition coaches that help me out, you know, they've been getting some supervision. Uh, I have a guy that just signed up for the gym because he wants to work out there when it's summer and I have air conditioning. <laughs> it's Arizona. Uh, his garage gets pretty hot. So, you know, he also does film stuff. So he said he'd help me with video content. So, you know, I'll make a few videos every few months. So like I've been trying to drip stuff out. The thing that I've been most consistent with and all this craziness is the podcast. And uh, every every other week, me and my co-host make an ep- um, record an episode and release it. And I haven't missed a beat on that because I knew we started July of 21. So I, I'd been thinking about it for about a year and a half at that point. Then I opened the gym, then the lockdowns happened and all that. Then finally, I was like, okay, okay, I think I'm ready to do this. I had all the equipment that I needed and it was just sitting there not being used. So we finally started the podcast because I knew that I could commit to two episodes a month. And I, no matter how busy I am, I can find something to talk about on this topic and we've kept up with it and it's been growing and the numbers have been going up. So, you know, I'd like to see that go up as well. And I, I think that will so far. I've had good feedback on it, but um, yeah, those are the things that I've been doing in this crazy array of, uh, of work. You sleep at night? <laughs> what? You I try. <laughs> I still train too. And believe it or not, I've managed to get stronger every year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She she sound like a very busy individual, but I think that for many of us, we thrive like the busier that we are. That's how I am. The more responsibility mm-hmm. that I have, the more I thrive in life. Usually, um, sometimes you get a little burnt out, but yeah. um, it is nice to see that you have that growth mindset, even with so much going on in in your life and in your businesses. Um, what's something that you wish somebody had told you uh, before you opened up your fitness businesses? That they were going to lock me down in six months. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that would have been nice to know though. Um, <laughs> what do I wish somebody told me? Oh, uh, 
kind of a lot of thoughts and I know I put you on the spot by asking. Yeah. You, well, you said you were going to challenge me. So <laughs> let, let me think about this. There's a lot. I mean, I'm, I'm not entirely disappointed with how things have went so far. So it's, you know, there's a lot of, you know, if I mention something and I'll come up with something, um, it's going to be minor, but what did I wish I knew? Oh, uh, I wish that I knew the, uh, the value of hands-on experience much younger. Um, I could have been, you know, at least I could have been teaching people how to lift or gotten that in did. Now I know now, now I've hit it as I'm saying that, you know, when I, when I got my first two degrees, I could have been developing the skill, you know, as you know, this is not a regulated industry or very minimally regulated. Um, I could have been involved in lifting and teaching people how to do this at a much younger age, even while I was being educated. I developed other skills. I was a DJ in college. That was cool. <laughs> Paid pretty well. It was fun. <laughs> so maybe <laughs> well, I was too pre- interesting person. You yeah. have so many different interests here. Well, you get, so, you know, this pertains to the podcast because we're talking about business. I'm sitting there and I'm in a small town in West central Illinois. I went to WIU. I'm originally from the Chicago suburbs, West suburbs. Um, and uh, I went to this school and there's a small town and I'm looking around and I'm like, okay, you know, my choices here as a college kid, I can work for minimum wage and spend a lot of hours at work or who's, who's making money here. You know, so I'm looking around bartenders are making money. Well, I'm not that good at that type of work, you know? So, you know, at the time I'd wanted to be a DJ already. So I'm like, okay, if I learn how to do that, I can, you know, probably pay my bills and spend less time at a job, you know, except I'd stay yeah. up late, you know, <laughs> which, which was fine at that time. I was, I was young, you know, I could do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I did that, you know, it was just kind of the mentality. I'm like, this is efficient. You know, I work three nights a week and, you know, it paid pretty well. Um, but I knew that I wanted to do this and I wasn't really spending time on it. Cause I just had this um, limiting false belief that, Oh, I gotta, I gotta graduate, get all this information first. Right. And, uh, the information's useful for sure. You learn a lot. You know, I'm not going to completely discredit what I've learned in school. I've learned a lot there, especially in the nutrition side, but um, I could have been learning these things, you know, like I, my friend, uh, my friend Chase, he trained at Ripito's gym since the age of 14. He's runs a gym in Oklahoma city. Now I think it is, or Tulsa, one of the two starting strength, OKC or starting strength Tulsa. I'm not sure. Anyways, he's, he's 22 now and he's doing this for a living. He, you know, he didn't go to school. Um, and, you know, I've seen that happen with several people. So, you know, when I look back, I'm like, I wish that I was exposed to this information earlier for one that, uh, you know, I got involved in, you know, at least competitive lifting at the very least, you know, I was just doing bodybuilding.com stuff. Powerlifting was not popular in 2003, you know? Um, and, uh, you know, I understood that again, I understood the lifts worked. I didn't understand how technical they were. I didn't know nothing about competitive lifting. I thought you had to be a big 300 pound dude to do that, you know? Um, I knew it existed because Arnold talked about it, you know, but, uh, you know, I did, I wish I was around, um, I wish I was around that stuff at a younger age, mm-hmm. doing it, pushing my limits, uh, working through those problems and teaching others how to do it. I think that that would have set me up a, a little bit earlier. So if that's, that's the number one thing I, I could change. That would be it. I wish I could go back, uh, learn how to lift competitively and learn how to coach it. Uh, not because, you know, I'm not a powerlifting coach. People kind of like mix this stuff up, right? Like very few people come into my gym because they want powerlifting coaching. First of all, I'm too skinny for those guys that want that. You know, I always get that, you know. So they're not going to take the guys that want to get super huge and squat a thousand pounds. They're not coming to me, you know. Um, I get a lot of, you know, like I said, men 35 to 75, some women in that same age range 
that just want their back and knees to stop hurting. They want to look better, but they want to move better. You know, they want to feel better. But uh, what, as a coach, I feel like you have to take it further than that. You know, the average client standards are going to be much lower than yours. That's why you do this for a living and they don't. Right. right. And, and when I was in my late twenties, when I met rip in 2013, I did my goal. I just wanted to get bigger. I wanted it look better. I wanted to get stronger. And I looked around the gym one day and I was like, okay, the guys that look jacked are lifting way more than me. So the amount of weight you lift matters here. Right. So then I kind of like started going down that rabbit hole and that's kind of how I found starting strength. And, uh, I just made it my goal. I'm like, I need to deadlift 500 pounds. I need to squat 400 pounds and you know, I need to bench 225 for several reps. And you know, that's all I cared about at the time. And I've exceeded all of that over the years. I ended up overhead pressing 225, which I didn't ever think would even be possible for a guy like me. Um, and most people that come in don't really care about getting their numbers that high. But for me, it was important because you work through a lot of problems when you try to push the limits that high. And uh, just wish I started younger with it. I wish I had exposure to the information when I was younger. I was reading men's fitness and muscle muscle and fitness and bodybuilding.com and all this stuff that, you know, there was some value in there. Some of these general concepts came out of those things that I read. I always tell people like the style lifting, I first was exposed to it from Arnold's encyclopedia that we all make fun of. I'm like, it's all in there. He talks about barbells are better for building a base, you know, and you should get strong first. It's all in there. It's just the technique was missing. You know, the programming was um, not applicable to most of the readers. Right. So I'd say I wish I was exposed to the hands-on practical information when I was younger. That would be the, sh the short answer to my long-winded explanation. Yeah. So basically you're saying, you know, if you are a young person out there in this industry right now, just like expose yourself to more, um, continue to learn new things, um, take opportunities, because uh, there's always something that you don't know always somebody that knows something that you don't know always something that you don't know don't be closed off um to learning new things um yeah you don't you don't want to just read it you want to do it and that's it. what was missing in the beginning in the early years yeah was, yeah, yeah. So you read it but you just didn't take the opportunity to try it mm -hmm. um and so, yeah, try new things, guys. I know that's kind of cliche, but <laughs> it is important. Um, where can our listeners go to find you online, Robert? You can find me at uh, weightsandplates.com or on Instagram at the underscore Robert underscore Santana. And my gym is at weights, double underscore and double underscore plates. Easy enough to find you. Thank you, Robert, for being here today, for sharing your insight. Listeners, thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, please hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords podcast, fill out the link in the description. We'll be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, 
or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez. And joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is the one and only Glenn with CrossFit Sherwood Park out of Sherwood Park, Alberta. Glenn, what is going on, man? Happy Tuesday. How are you feeling? Not today? much. Happy Tuesday to you, JJ. Thanks. Yeah, we appreciate you being here. We're excited to have you on, Glenn. And I think we're pretty much ready to dive into the nitty gritty here of what you have going on here with CrossFit Sherwood Park. But first, Glenn, uh, what we want to do is kind of give you the floor, right? So we want to give you the opportunity to give the viewers a little perspective. And so in your own words here, Glenn, how would you describe CrossFit Sherwood Park and what you guys do? Well, thanks, JJ. Um, Yeah, we're uh, we're located in a small city just east of Edmonton, Alberta, catering our um, our population uh we are this um i would say we have just two crossfit gyms in sherwood park one just kind of started um but we've been around since late 2012 so we've been catering um the in the fitness space since then we focus on crossfit we focus on the crossfit methodology our main bread and butter is group adult classes so from ages from 12 to like late 60s uh, we have people in our classes from all all age ranges i would say our demographic is maybe 65 70 percent ladies uh so they like they like throwing around weights it's uh it's incredible it's so great uh we also have a kids class we have um a legends class which is our 55 and up class where my mom partakes. I like the name I like the name oh so, yeah so, <laughs> so so that's amazing we've been doing that for a few years and um it's been it's just been so good um uh, and uh yeah just like you know if you if you were familiar with CrossFit from back in the day that we, we are kind of we kind of stick with that as far as like um cardio gymnastics weightlifting um strong man any 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 type of thing that will make you better outside of the gym if you uh if you need to lift your big dog into the bathtub you're able to do it if you're able to if you want to play with your grandkids for an afternoon you're able to do it and wake up the next day you know um without being destroyed so that is the main uh that's our that's our that's what we do yeah no, I love it. A great explanation there, Glenn. I really appreciate that. And I love how broad you guys are, right? There's a lot of versatility in terms of demographic and what you guys do. I think that's amazing. And it really sounds like a great community, right? Which is really yeah, what it should awesome be. Yeah, community. It is awesome. I, and I, I can definitely see. And so well, let's start with a, a very basic question here, Glenn. Um, how many members are you serving currently? I would say about 120. Okay, 120. And so... For you guys, I mean, you guys having such a broad audience here, I mean, what's been the best method to get new people through the door? This is going to sound repetitive, like on any of your of your podcasts, it is a word of mouth and referrals. So like family members, friends, people see um, the results, they see how um, motivated, how happy uh, they are, and, and they want to try it. 
And so, so we've done, we've done like uh, paid ads, uh, other campaigns, stuff like that. They, they work to a degree, uh, but for the most part, it's just, it's just word of mouth. Uh, I do, um, I post regularly on social media, just kind of just the broad sense of who will benefit from coming to the gym. And we, we see some um, t intake from that. But for the most part, it's like if you're driving by, you see it, or but it's mainly friends, family, um, and that type of thing. Yeah, yeah, completely. And I think that as long as, I always say, I mean, like word of mouth is always going to be prominent, right? And no matter how much technology innovates, I think it will always be one of the biggest assets to any business. Just simply word of mouth. It, it totally alleviates that trust factor that you have to build Exactly. Tired of them getting to know you, right? And, so and it, gets, it, get rid, it gets rid of the intimidation factor too, because yes. if uh, if your mom is doing this, I mean, like, how bad can it be? Genuinely, genuinely. Yeah. And so I think that's why I think it would always be so prominent, but also the fact that you have the versatility as well, using social media, not like you're just totally ignoring it, right? Just because word of mouth is your best asset doesn't mean that it has to be your only asset. And I like that you're not just limiting yourself there. And so, you know, Glenn, I think... A good question to always follow up here with is, is you're at 120 members now, right? Now, if let's say leads, traffic clients, all these things are unlimited. I mean, how much higher can you go? What would capacity be like? I would say 150. Okay. So about 30 and members at, away. At that point, um, once every class is filled, then I would maybe move into a couple more classes. I, I've, I've toyed with, with splitting um, the room up um to okay. have two, two classes at once uh and that's kind of still on the um table um it's just i would have to maybe arrange the gym a little bit differently yeah. uh right now it's kind of arranged in more of a um like a, a longer rectangular room and versus a square so it, it can be done I, ha I got i have the space for it i just need to get the creativity and and the um actually um actually do it yeah, <laughs> which it sounds so simple to do, right? But I know as a gym owner, <laughs> so I, mean, I think you have so many things on your plate. It's like, where do you even start? Yeah. So, uh, no, I appreciate I mean, even that. Even at too. the moment, even at the moment, I mean, we have um, massage, we have Cairo. So I have a, I have yeah. a room with, for that. So do I want to expand into more of kind of like the body work area to build a couple more rooms or expand the gym? I don't know. Uh, it's, it's all kind of, it's there on my list to do. Just what do I pick at? opportunities are endless you can do whatever you want at this true. point yeah, true. so many things to do so i think it's a good problem to have you would ask me um but so you know glenn i think um i want to ask a little bit of uh of a, of a different question in, in in regards to i guess the clients here but more beneficial for you i guess for the viewers here too because i think getting over 100 clients ever is 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 a lot to deal with no matter if you're a one-man team or a five-man team 20-man team 100 clients 100 people is a lot, right? Sure. And so how do you manage that? I mean, not as metrics, not specifics here, but just how do you track that? I mean, is it pen and paper? Do you have a software? Like, what do you use to make oh, it easier software. for yourself? Oh, oh, yeah, no, no. We have a software. Uh, we use MindBody at the moment. So that that does all our client management, all our um, uh, payments. That's all done automatically. In the past, when I first started, it was like, um, hey, um, Glenn, can I pay with cash? Blah, blah, blah. I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. That's cool. Uh, but starting to manage even like 
10 people to chase them around every month is a, is a pain in the ass. So, so it's all done through MindBody, all credit cards, all automatic, um, missed classes, all automatic. Um, all the payments are just like, are, are there. Um, I, back in the days of COVID, we were prepped for like, um, contact tracing and all that kind of stuff. So we had like class lists and everything like this. Wow. And now everyone, the the less I can do and the more uh, our clients can do as far as like registering for classes on the app, um, yeah. canceling and all that kind of stuff and setting up their uh, payments, it, it's, it makes things much, much better. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, and I think they kind of like having that control too. You'd believe it or not. I think it, it is, it's, it's good to give them that control. Um, yeah, because... and, 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 and from my point of view, that's just how it's going to be. <laughs> and you have, you have all the right to do it that way. Right? That's right. <laughs> and hey, they can't say no, right? It's like, well, no. okay. And so no, that's awesome. Glenn. I love that. I love the mentality. And so I'm going to throw a little bit of a longer winded question here, Glenn, um, totally off the topics of clients here. And I just want to, I just want to kind of dig into you here and kind of give a, you an opportunity to kind of self-reflect here. Right. So you know, uh, in the fitness and gym industry, and what we've been discussing this entire podcast have been about three pillars of business that we use most predominantly, right? It's going to be your lead generation, which is just your marketing, right? Getting people through the door, like over there, it's social media, word of mouth, whatever you said prior, right? Then we have our acquisition, right? Which is your sales, getting somebody from being interested to a paying client. And then you have your retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but also getting them to buy more from you in that process. Sure. So Glenn, of those three, where do you feel like you could improve the most? I would say probably getting people in the door. That would be okay. it. So once, once, so how we have things set up is if someone is interested and I have them do um, our, we, I call it our intro to CrossFit. So it's like two private training sessions. They come in, they pay for it. It isn't free. They pay for it because um, our services aren't, um, you can't compare them to prices of a, a, a regular planet fitness or a 24 hour uh, fitness or whatever. So if, if they're, if they're okay paying that upfront um, PT cost, um, then I would say they're basically a quarter of a third of the way in. And then when you're, when we're interacting with you, with each other, it's like, okay, I want you to basically know a little bit of what you're doing when you just jump into a class because it's not as simple as, as one thinks. Um, so we got the familiarity of, of moving a barbell. I, I want to see how you move. I want to see if you have any limitations or injuries, your mindset over things, like why you're here, your history. So we kind of get a little bit of, um, I get to know you a little bit more. So then... Um, when you do eventually show up, it's, um, I, I know you and you know me. So, so that, that's, um, we've been doing that for a few years and that's been quite successful. The, the really, the only thing is, um, you need to walk through the door and I've had, I've had clients that have been like year long clients, but it's taken them two, three, four years to even send me a, a text or an email to say, you know what, I, I, I'm ready to try this. I need to get in shape before <laughs> I start CrossFit, which is like, what are you thinking, right? This is, this is, the, this is what you need. And there's no, you know, and that, this is the thing too, is, is kind of like part of the intimidation factor of, of CrossFit and, and these types of gyms is um, 
you see things online or on TV or whatever, as far as like the, the upper echelon of people who are, who are in shape, who are competing in this kind of thing. And you see their bodies, you see how they're working out, you see how harsh it is and blah, 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 and all this. And it's not that it's not, it's not like that. So we're trying to do our best to show that um, from my mom to work out to um, someone who has been on the couch for five years and they, or, you know, they want to relive some of their old glory uh, as far as like, just being able to move or um, do some other stuff, uh, it, it, it doesn't matter. Just come in. And yeah. um, so you're all welcome. And, and this, is, this is another cliche. It's like, you know, CrossFit is for everybody, but not everyone wants to put in the work to do it. So very true. That's very know, true. That, so That's so to, to answer your question, it's just getting people in. As yeah. far as like them signing up or retention, uh, we're fairly good at that. Um, we do our best to um, engage with everybody, make them feel at home, um, and that that type of thing. And yeah, it's been it's been okay. Yeah, no, and that's great. That's great. I appreciate the transparency here, Glenn. I think you know I love the fact that you can put success to the side, right, and still admit that you can still improve in certain places. I really appreciate that. Um, and so I got two more questions for you, Glenn. My two favorite questions. You know, what's the bigger picture for you? What are you trying to accomplish long-term, the overarching goal? Well, um, like anyone, I'm not getting younger. Uh, I, I do love coaching and I do love doing uh, like our private training sessions and all that kind of stuff, but I would like to take a step back. Well, eventually I would like to take a step back uh, and just coach less. But we have, I understand. Um, like we have classes from 5 a.m. until 7.30 p.m. Uh, with some blocks during the day of free time. So I'd like to, so number one is I would like to fill up those um, hours of the day with either personal training, possibly some other classes. Um, and then I, I would like, I would I'd pursue the PT side and then let, uh, let my team of coaches kind of handle the group stuff. And then I love that. And that's just, that's basically it. Um, and then, you know what, when, when things uh, really take off, my wife and I will just be traveling the world, right? <laughs> That's it. As it, as you should, as you should. I love that. I love yeah. that goal. And so I kind of have one more question. I'm really curious to see your answer here. I think this is probably like the hardest hitting question of the day. And I think everybody usually gets a little philosophical here. And it's the only question I, I always ask on every podcast. The answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, if you could go back in time here, Glenn, yeah. So when uh, you first started the gym, sit yourself down with the knowledge you have now and give yourself that one piece of advice you think you really needed to hear when you first started. What would that advice be for you? The answer is no. It's automatically no. Um, everyone wants things. That everyone, it, it's, it's tough to satisfy everybody, right? So when we first started, it was like, well, number one is we didn't have... Um, I needed to set up some, some things so that I would be doing less. So that's right. one thing. Um, I have a good, I have a good crew that um, cleans the floor, um, you know, does towels, all that kind of like crap that just like eats at your day. Um, so setting up, so setting up that initially uh, the process of uh, intaking uh, people and there's, client management i think if that was set up right away uh then then things get going smoother that would be kind of the one thing there the, main, the main thing yeah. yeah 
There we go, Glenn. I, uh, that's a good place to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out, Glenn, I mean, please shout out your Instagram, Facebook, website, anything okay. you have. Just, just wait before we go. I'm going to take a photo of you and me on sure. the screen. Yeah, okay. let's do it. Let's do it. Um, okay, so Instagram handle is CF Sherwood Park. And we, I, I try and post there at least once per day, just kind of like more, more along the lines of um, if you're thinking of coming, just send me a DM. That's it. And then you can kind of like scroll through the pages and see um, typical clients. I mean, there, there are everyday clients working out, smiling, having fun, sweating a little bit. Um, so hang on, hang on. There we go, JJ. All right. Gotcha. Cool. Um, so, um, yeah, Instagram is, is the best. If you're on Facebook, uh, it's CrossFit Sherwood Park. There but we go. whatever. What, and so this is another thing I need to kind of like get a little bit less lazy on is, you know how Instagram kind of ties to Facebook? It's yes. like I, I, I make a post in Instagram and it just kind of like also broadcasts into onto Facebook. So I go on spurts where it's like, okay, I'll do one in Instagram and then a fresh one on Facebook and kind of like, in, but I get lazy and then um, <laughs> something like that. So, yeah. so the, main thing is, the, main, the main one is Instagram is CF Sherwood Park. And, uh, yeah, that's yeah. us. Yeah, I appreciate awesome. it. I appreciate it. Glenn, thank you so much. We absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. Cool. I look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. If you don't mind sticking around for two seconds again, just to let you know how you can get the podcast. I'd appreciate it. I'm just going to sign Thanks. everybody else out of here. Okay. You betcha. Thank you. Awesome. And to everybody else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit that like and subscribe button. And if you want to come in, join us and talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.